Hi out there. I'm Pat Polly, host of Artbeat Northwest. Now, Artbeat Northwest is a half hour long nonprofit radio program, and our mission is to promote the visual arts and the performing arts in the Pacific Northwest. And we don't take up your time like some of those other stations do, uh, trying to get some funding because we already are funded. You can listen in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. drive time on 1150 a.m. or online at 1150kknw.com streaming worldwide. So if you have friends in uh, Alabama or Indonesia or France, they can hear it too, but they just have to hear it at the same time as we have it. However, you can also listen to all past programs by going to 1150kknw.com website for the archives. And they're, they're there uh, for a long time. I don't think they've taken any off. <laughs> and personally, I'm someone who loves the arts, talking about art, talking with artists. So the program has been fun and rewarding, even though I am a volunteer, uh, an unpaid host. <laughs> The ads on the program have been donated to the Kirken Arts Center and the Bellevue Arts Museum. And today we're talking about the art of Ikebana, flower arrangement that has ancient roots but contemporary style. And here with us are Rosemary Firk. Now, Rosemary is actively involved with the study of Ikebana, and she has been since 2006, a long time. She has demonstrated the art several times and exhibited in many shows, and she continues to study Sogetsu with Sensei Mitsuko Hakamore every Friday. You have had a long course of training, haven't you? Yes. Welcome to the show, Rosemary. Thank you. And also we have... Charles Coughlin. Now, he began his study of the art in 1984 after seeing an exhibition where it was love at first sight. And he's been doing this ever since, and he started teaching Ikebana in 1996. Welcome to the show, Charles. Thank you, Pat. Great, and we're so happy both of you could be here. But we're going to go take a break. We'll be right back with the interview about the art of Ikebana. Spring has sprung. Refresh your creativity with a spring art class at the Kirkland Art Center. Experience learning something new or refining your artistic skills. Try Nuno felting, clay surface design, printmaking, abstract painting, and more. Sign up for one of our many art classes for kids, teens, and adults and see what's new in our free gallery exhibits featuring local and national fine artists. To register and find out more, visit kirklandartcenter.org. Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. Welcome back to Art Beat Northwest. We're here talking with Rosemary Burke and Charles Hothlin about the art of Ikebana, Japanese floral design. And Charles, what is Ikebana? A lot of people just don't know. Well, it comes from two words in Japanese. Bana is actually hana, and it means flowers, fruits, trees, all the things we see out there in nature. Ike is a Japanese verb. My Japanese friends say it's hard to translate. After practicing the art, 
for 33 years and trying to understand what that means, I come up with words like, we're actually pruning nature. We're, we're relating to nature, we're appreciating it, and then we're developing a sculpture using the very materials that we're awed by. We're creating a sculpture in tribute to the moment that we go, ah, look at the first crocus coming up, or look at the maple tree changing colors. So it's a celebration of nature by creating a simple sculpture. So you could say flower sculpture would be a good way to understand the word. And it seems like you're communicating with the person who is uh, viewing this, the arrangement maybe more so than, say, a Western flower arrangement. Our, our teacher, who is actually a modern Sugetsu master, says that if when you walk up to an Ikebana design and it begins talking to you, the setting is successful. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, uh, what is the history that of, I know it's been around for so long. Ikebana traces its origins back to the 700s in Japan. That was the time in which Buddhism uh, was introduced into Japanese culture. And the Indian and Chinese Buddhists says you must place flowers on the shrine as an offering to the Buddha. And so the Japanese began that custom of uh, placing flowers on the, on the shrine. And that was the beginning of the art. And uh, for many years, uh, for decades actually, it was the monks who did this in the temples. And then in the Middle Ages, the 1500s, the particular shogun uh, was about ready to, he was old and he felt heartbroken because he hadn't brought peace to his land. He says, well, at least I'll find peace in my heart before I die. He invited the monks to his garden they taught him Mikibana, and he made it part of samurai training. The samurai would do it before the battle to focus, after the oh. battle to give gratitude to the universe for another day of life. That Mo- sounds unusual. <laughs> well, that's, that's the history until modern times when the Impressionists and Picasso were doing their thing in Europe. A number of Ikebana artists in Japan says, hey, what if we did something really, really different and created our more personal expression of the art and that became what we call modern style ikebana it's more tends more to try to abstract the art rather than imitate nature which is how the art was basically practiced up until the early 1900s what a fascinating history but let's talk about the current exhibit a little bit because we want to emphasize that at Seattle Art Museum in a couple weeks uh, there will be a big exhibit of Ikebana. And, Rosemary, why don't you talk about that exhibit? Well, we're very fortunate to have the venue. Um, this year we will be downtown. We normally have had the exhibit at the Asian Art Museum, but it's currently being renovated. So we have been uh, fortunate to be downtown at the Downtown Museum we, this is our 59th year of creating uh, Ikebana for public enjoyment. Uh, for the Seattle? For the Seattle area, yes. Oh, how yes. wonderful, 59th. How have you sustained this long-term relationship with the Seattle Art Museum and the Seattle Asian Art Museum? Uh, what a wonderful relationship over all these years. We're very fortunate because they give us a premier spot in the museum and support us, and we furnish for them 
added beauty for the museum, too. And there's many people who are not probably haven't experienced Ikebana, but do when they come to the third floor, at, which is at the uh, downtown, and see the exhibits. And sometimes they even watch us put them together. Wonderful. And I know that you not only have this big exhibit, which is May 20. 26th and 27th. And, but you, uh, which is wonderful. We all have to go down and see that. I'm going to be there, and I hope you all are. But also, don't you have regular uh, floral arrangements that you have at the Seattle Asian Art Museum and the Seattle Art Museum every month? Actually, our arrangements are every week. Oh, I'm impressed. Yes, (laughs) and when the Asian Art Museum was open, we provided arrangements not only downtown but at the Asian. So we provide two arrangements every week. So what are some of the principles of Ikebana? How is it different from the Western floral arrangement? I know you were saying that it it kind of speaks to us and it was a representation of nature, but aren't there a lot of kind of guidelines that you go by when you're doing Ikebana? Actually, I tell my students that if we wanted to compare Ikebana to Western flower design, Western flower design puts all the flowers together into one space, and they all speak together. It's like a chorus of voices. Whereas for the Japanese viewpoint of designing from nature, it's more a matter of rather than have all the flowers speak together at one time as they do in a bouquet, you would design in such a way that you would give each flower its own solo appearance, its own solo voice. So... If you wanted to break it down to one word that makes Ikebana different from Western design, which focuses more on mass, would be space. It's an art which creates space between branches and flowers, and that makes it a conversation between the flowers and branches rather than a unified voice. So that when you look at Ikebana, you would go, wow. There's, some, there's a conversation here, and I want to be part of that, and that's what engages the viewer. Oh, that's great. Now, there are a lot of ways to practice Ikebana, uh, apparently a thousand different kind of offshoots, uh, but why don't you tell us about uh, your Sugetsu uh, and what, how that's different from the other uh, iterations of Ikebana. Well, our founder <clears throat> is Sofu Teshikahara, and he, there is, a, it's a dynasty. And when he started the Sugetsu school, it was really sort of a revolution, and he wanted to break away from the very strict rules and the confining, what he felt was confining in each of the arrangements. So he thought that art should be free and that it should be able to be experienced internally as well as externally. And so he broke away and he formed Sugetsu, which is a very free school. And it, he is still saying in all of his writings that we read about, anyone can arrange floral anywhere, any place with anything. 
And that's what makes Soketso so different because we can take a water pitcher and create an, a, an arrangement or we can take a piece of dried driftwood and make an arrangement. So you would see a lot more variation in your much exhibits more, much than more. you would see in, in some of the more traditional <laughs> forms. Exactly. Um, now, the one thing I noticed is I was at your uh, wonderful exhibit at the Mercer Island Community Center, and I noticed that you didn't give out any awards, which I thought was rather refreshing. <laughs> Why don't you talk about your kind of policy? Because if people want to get into this, I think this is a real plus. Well, it, it is a plus because what we focus more on is that we're not following strict forms in, in the case of modern Ikebana. And in classical Ikebana, while the forms are followed, we don't compare the pieces with each other. Each Ikebana piece is, is a work in itself. You may like it, you may not like it, but you don't look around and say, this is better than that one. So we don't do awards, rather we are, we are more about appreciating each artist for their self-expression. It may not appeal to us, it may, but there's not a judgment of each other on what we're doing. We're all in this game together trying to learn more and go deeper and go wider. Well, that sounds like a good idea. And it sounds like it promotes your motto, which I hear is, Friendship through flowers. What, uh, have you found the practice of Ekebana to be friendly and social? Very much so. Is As, it a good way to make friends if people are interested in this uh, kind of art? Yes, I think so. Sometimes the newcomers are very um, in, nervous and think they're, they're not good enough to continue, and we try to encourage them that they are and that they their work is very fine and appreciated. So can anyone who's really interested in Ikebana yes. join your group? Yes. So it is open to people that are interested, and they can enter your shows then, too, even though it makes them really nervous. <laughs> <laughs> At first. And then they get to enjoy it. Yeah. It's fun. The bottom line is having fun and relaxing. Yeah. Well, it's already time for a break. Stay tuned for more of Artbeat Northwest and for more about the art of Ikebana, Japanese floral design. We'll be right back. From new exhibitions to community events, Bellevue Arts Museum is always new, always different, and always exciting. Through August 10th, check out Posada, Jose Guadalupe Posada and the Mexican Penny Press. Known as the father of modern Mexican art, Posada is famous for his popular and satirical representations of calaveras or skeletons in lively guises. On Saturday, July 14th, join us for the Artful Evening, BAM's most fun, festive, and important fundraising event of the year. With over 300 community leaders and friends attending. Artful Evening is the party of the summer and helps fund world-class exhibitions and essential community programming throughout the year. More at BellevueArts.org. Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. Welcome back to Artbeat Northwest. We're here talking with Rosemary Ferg and Charles Coughlin about the art of Ikebana, Japanese floral design. And you've talked about your exhibits, which sound really interesting, but I know you do a lot of other kinds of activities mm -hmm. in your groups, and 
of course, there are a lot of classes. So uh, first of all, let's talk about the activities that you have for your group. Well, every year we're involved with the Northwest Flower and Garden Show. Followed by that is the Japanese Cherry Festival, which we just finished participating in. And then the last big show is our annual exhibition, which is in a couple of weeks. And each, the, oh, excuse me. Ahead. Each school also has annual exhibitions, and they put on the annual exhibitions uh, in their own area and then uh, send out the information on our website. We do have a website that you can access, and on that is membership information, too. It's, uh, it's just internationalikabana.org. Internationalikabana.org. Mm-hmm. So lots of places to exhibit. Yes. But how about demos? It seemed like that would be really a, a good way to convey an interest in the art. Yes, at our exhibits, uh, as, as coming up in a couple of weeks, there are demonstrations both days of the exhibit. Those are actually in the auditorium at the museum at 1 o'clock and also at Cherry Blossom Festival. There's uh, demonstrations each day. So, yes, part of our exhibits normally is to provide demonstrations of the art, which are uh, doing the art and talking about the various principles, about the philosophy and the poetry behind it. And also, now, Rosemary, you have been taking lessons with your sensei, sensei, which is the same they use for martial arts, the same name, for years. And, um, Charles, you have been teaching, so I assume you're a sensei, right? Correct. (laughs) (laughs) So how does one get into your classes, and how often are they offered? Um, I teach bi-monthly classes, uh, a Wednesday evening class and a Thursday noon class at the Nalanda West uh, Center in Fremont. And I also teach uh, at several retirement homes in the city. And uh, once a month, I teach a class in the Bellingham. Uh, So getting into the class basically means uh, dropping me an email or calling me and telling me you're interested. And then I, in turn, email the information on the details of the class and the and the schedule, uh, and the seasonal schedule of the classes. And why don't you give your email? Uh, it's, uh, I'll give the easier one, Charles Coglan, C-O-G-H-L-A-N, 57 at gmail.com. Okay, so, and uh, so it, it's very easy then to get into classes, I assume that, uh, you frequently have some openings. Yes, there's always openings. And the important thing, I think, uh, to make a point to make is that in our modern style of teaching, we don't have people sign up for a series of classes that you oh. have to come to each class. Each class is a separate unit of study. My students are busy people. They can't necessarily come every time. Each class is a separate unit of study, a complete unit of study, so that they haven't missed anything. Oh. And uh, there's so many... Uh, ways to come at Ikebana, which is yeah. ancient art, deep, it's wide. So each class is a separate unit of study and a, and a new experience. And all materials are provided. All they have to do is show up. Oh, well, that sounds like a wonderful, uh, wonderful way to do <laughs> art. Uh, but why do you think, I know you were so attracted, Charles, to Ikebana when you first saw it. Why is it such a great creative art? Well, I think there's, there's two things that happened for me. I had been 
uh, pruning apple trees in the Columbia Valley for about 10 years when I saw this exhibit. And I walked in there and I said, whoa, I've been making a living pruning big apple trees, which I absolutely loved. It's like being a sculptor, making these trees really pretty so they make pretty fruit. But I didn't know that the Japanese had turned pruning into a fine art. The other part of it was, being in those trees, it was all about having peace and quiet, far from the maddening crowd. And that's what I and my students, I think, most appreciate. You get to do sculpture, which is really fun, and it's a contemplative art. And one of my students recently said, Charles, this is the cheapest 90 minutes of therapy in the city. I said, Gail, can I use that in my in my commercial. <laughs> but it's about quiet and peace, which our culture can use a little bit of right now, and doing something beautiful that you take home, have a glass of wine or a cup of tea, and sit there and enjoy what you've done and talk with the flowers. Take a lots of quiet moments that way. Well, you know, I see two aspects to this. Uh, the first one being being out in the garden or the woods gathering things. Yes, yes. And then the other aspect is bringing the things inside to contemplate and arrange. And the, the third aspect is having it there for some time to appreciate. Exactly. So exactly. it sounds wonderful. How does the fleeting life of flowers play into this practice? Well, most people say when they see our arrangements, they feel very sad because they think that they're dead now, that we've snipped them from the garden and that there's no longer any life. But we give them new life as they're prepared in an arrangement. And hopefully what we want to be able to do is to give people the ability to see the unseen and to experience that everlasting peace that we have when we do the arrangements. Everlasting peace. Do you, feel, do you consider the practice of Ikebana meditative? Absolutely. It sounds like you both do, don't you? <laughs> Absolutely. It, it is meditative. Just doing it slows you down. Just doing it slows you down mm -hmm. and makes you focus more. That's what the samurai thought. I think, you know, it, 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 it helps me focus and it, it, it puts me in a place where I'm in touch with things far wider, bigger than, than what I see in front of me. Do you find yourself looking at everything outside in terms of really the sculpture and form of it and maybe what a little piece of it might look like in uh, your artistic creation? Our primary teacher is nature. Well, that sounds good to me. <laughs> but listen... We are already running out of time. Thank you so much, Rosemary and Charles, for talking with us about Ikebana and your upcoming exhibit at Seattle Art Museum. Now, let's go over the exact date again of the exhibit. The exhibit will be there on Saturday, the 26th, and Sunday, the 27th. Of May. Of May. And this is the Seattle Art Museum right <laughs> downtown. inside. That's right. Uh, in the main area, just behind the Hammering Man, right? <laughs> That's right. The entrance is, as you see the Hammering Man, to come into that side door. And there you will see the entire exhibit. And so come by Saturday or Sunday, Sunday. and you will see this lovely exhibit that is being put on. 
I might just add that on Saturday at 1030, we're having our ribbon cutting ceremony, which is the opening of the exhibit. And our council general, Mr. Yamada, will be there to open the exhibit for us. Now, that's the Council General, General of Japan. Of Japan? Yes. Oh, that's yes. very exciting. So he will be there. Now, are you going to have demos uh, along with the Both exhibit, days. too? Uh, what What will you be demoing? Both days, actually. Uh, this year, both demonstrations are at 1 o'clock Saturday, 1 o'clock Sunday, and they will both be demonstrations of the modern style. So you will see more of the uh, what we've been talking about, where rather than strict rules, you'll see demonstrations of how we study those rules, we learn those rules, and then as Thelonious Monk so beautifully put it, jazz musicians, jazz musician, he said, honor the past, we do that, then we turn it on its head, and we move forward. So you'll see demonstrators who are attempting to turn the past on its head and come up with new ways of expressing the spirit of Ikebana, which is deep, ancient, and at times frustrating, but always wonderful. And it's so interesting that this spirit that was created so many years ago is been transformed in this into this contemporary art form and yet still maintains a lot of the original ideas. You put it so well. Well, anyway, uh, thank you so much, both of you. Thank you. And, thank you, Pat. And, yeah, and let's give them one more time... <laughs> Because I want to make sure the listeners, if they want to come become involved with this, that they can do it. One more time, let's give the website. IkebanaInternational.org. IkebanaInternational.org. Okay. We'll see you at the exhibit. Should be really nice, really fun. Seattle Art Museum, May 26, 27. And be sure to listen in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. drive time for Artbeat Northwest. For news and views on the local art scene, I'm Pat Polly signing off on Alternative Talk 1150. Have a great, creative Ikebana week. <laughs>